Hey everyone, it's Veronica, Alex, and Jante. And welcome to the second episode of Tipsy Testament. Uh, this episode, we're talking about Song of Salmon. It's the number one hit song of the Bible times. The Song of Songs. Song of Solomon. Not Song of Salmon. Not Song of Salmon flowing upstream, <laughs> but Song of Solomon. A king in the Bible. Not right. a fish. Right, right. Uh, so- song of... Solomon? Yes. Okay. Song of Songs, according to Alex? Sometimes Song of Songs. Why does it have two names? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't even know. Yeah, you guys are terrible. (laughs) Anyways, um, in this episode, we talk about Song of Songs, which is apparently like a really sexy, sexy poem in the Bible that uh, gets real sexual about some fruit. Yeah. There's a lot of just comparing pomegranates to female genitalia. Which you know, as you do, mm-hmm. which is fine. Nobody does that. Yes, in the Bible. Nobody, so everybody no one, does it. No Veronica. one does it. Nobody. It's traditional. It's what? Anyways, you guys listen to the episode and judge for yourselves. Right. Everybody, welcome to the Tipsy Testament episode two. I am Veronica, your resident idiot who knows nothing about the Bible because I grew up in a household with an atheist father and a mother who, a stepmother who wasn't entirely sure whether she was Catholic or a televangelist, and an older sister that decided a cult was the way to go. And my name is Alex, and I'm a former Seventh Day Adventist uh, member and uh, now an atheist. And my name is Jonte. I am a former Pentecostal Christian, so the typical evangelical guys that are very fundamentally into the literal, like, interpretation of the scripture. All right, so you guys, after our last episode discussing Elijah, Elisha, Elisha, or Elisha, Elisha. Oh, don't mix this up on me now. You got to give me one name, and I have to stick to it. Elisha Keys. Elisha Keys. (laughs) Elisha Keys was in the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, after you told me about the prophet Elisha Keys, um, you guys told me to go out and that I should actually get myself an actual Bible so that I could follow along when you guys are talking about, you know, the scriptures, the verses, or whatever it is, the chapters, I don't know what you really call them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're verses, scriptures? Well, there's chapters and then the smaller portions of the scriptures within the chapters. Okay, so, like, when you tell me, like, like, last week we were talking about Kings 2, first, <laughs> 2 Kings? Was that, yeah. like, the second chapter? So there's, chapter? like, two different books called Kings. Oh, okay. So it's, like, Second Kings, oh, verse the, whatever. It was Kings of the Sequel? Yeah, yeah basically. Kings. Oh. Two kings, two, two periods. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think of the word Bible, right? Bible is kind of like compilation, sort of. Uh-huh. So the Bible is full of different books. Right. In short stories, maybe. Yes. And they each have chapters, and each chapter has numbered verses. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyways, so you're, you guys... You're, you're supposed to go out and get one, you know, yes. with the red words for Jesus. Yes. Yeah. yes. So you told me, which I was completely confused as to what you were saying. But anyways, <laughs> you guys sent me out to go get my own Bible. And I walked in with complete intent to buy an actual Bible for myself. But then I saw the complete guide to the Bible, complete with pictures... <laughs> 
<laughs> so this this is a this is an act is not an actual Bible. I feel like it's a it's a guide to the Bible can, for children. Can you read right here this this subtitle? Yeah, read the description. <clears throat> an illustrated, easy to follow reference covering both the old <laughs> and new testaments. There you go. Featuring Book by book background and explanations. There you go. Fascinating details on Bible times, striking artwork and photography, and helpful cross references and indexes. You guys both look jealous. I'm very because jealous. You I think have... there's a black and white portrait of uh, Jesus himself. Which is beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you go through the illustrations of that complete guide, you notice that everybody super white as you do. <laughs> As is in the Bible. So. Okay, wait, that's not true because as I was flipping through this wonderful illustrated guide, I actually came upon a picture of two black people. Oh. And the caption to the picture is actually black and beautiful. Ooh. And it's the it's like the picture that's talking about, I guess, this chapter called Song of Songs. Mm-hmm. And so that led me to sort of reading about the, the picture because I was like, oh, okay, mostly white people, now all of a sudden black people. And the caption to this picture, it's like a man and a woman embracing, and it says, in an erotic poem, two lovers confess their most intimate desires for each other. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, what? In the Bible? Like, right. There's an, there's an erotic poem in the Bible? Now, now, explain a little bit about this disconnect. Why do you feel like that is weird for that to happen in the Bible, based on your understanding? Well, from what I understand, if you, if you, you know, you're religious, or you grew up religious, you're, you're sexually repressed, in essence. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not okay. supposed to be a sexually liberated person you're not supposed to discuss your sexuality or your sexual desires and you're supposed to be really repressed and like when I met Alex um and he was telling me more about his upbringing and background that's sort of the the like the idea that I got was that you just really don't talk about sex and that it's repressed so the fact that like I found this erotic poem in the bible like it was just really confusing to me because it's like wait a minute, it's, first of all, it's not just like a love poem, it's an erotic poem. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's this pornography doing in the Bible, is (laughs) my question. In the Bible. In the Bible, why is there the porns? Yeah. So, on my experience, the Song of Songs, also known as the Song of Solomon, was an example used in my church to be like, kind of find the middle ground between Christianity and secular culture, where we're like, yeah, don't do all these sexual things, but also Song of Solomon exists, so it's okay to be sexual within certain bounds. That was the middle ground for us, so that we don't seem like super ridiculous, repressed bigots, kind of. Okay. Yeah, I think in my in my experience, my uh, growing up, um, they didn't really deal with sexuality all that much. Honestly, it, there was no real, you know, there was nobody telling me that. You cannot be sexual. You should be repressed. You should, you know, uh, how would I say, stifle these urges that you have. That just really wasn't a conversation that uh, was that came up either, you know, in Sabbath school, you know, because I was SDA, or uh, even in sermons that we had. Um, I do remember since I did go to an Adventist, like a private school, the last two years of high school. Uh, one of the Bible classes I took. In the textbooks, they didn't sort of go over sexuality and relationships. And 
I think in in a sense they they actually reference this as showing that it's okay to be, you know, sexual with somebody and all that, but it's just something that you do with your partner, like your someone that you're married to. And that was also a really big thing. Like you you don't become sexual with somebody unless you are married. Like okay. that that's that's a really big thing. Okay. I understand that. So in Song of Songs is this erotic poem from like a husband to a wife? No, these I believe are uh like they're engaged. So this is like before the wedding, I believe. Yeah. And as a little bit of reference, King Solomon was a king of Israel. Okay. And he had multiple wives. So this is one of the wives that is engaged to him and he's really into. But he also had a variety of different wives and was also seen as one of the most wise people in the Bible, as well as the richest. I feel like, yeah, Solomon, is he's known for two things. Mm-hmm. His wisdom and the number of wives he had, which yeah. is like in the hundreds, I believe. Right, oh my exactly. gosh. Yeah. And, and his... that's okay in the Bible? Just have hundreds upon hundreds of wives? Like, this man must be just like having sex nonstop. Like, how does he have time to be wise? You gain wisdom from <laughs> sexual rights. I know, like, is he just well, having sex and then look, he's just, like, writing no, no, no. wise you're, things down while he's doing ladies? You're not trying You're not trying to fuck them all in one day, obviously, I, you know. But no. there's hundreds. You know, by the time you get from one end to the other end... Half a year is gone. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like half a year is gone. There's wisdom in seducing hundreds of women, I'm <laughs> I guessing. I guess that's true. I'm assuming. To have hundreds of wives, you must be pretty wise. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You... You have to remember all their names. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that you think that just remember, remembering your wife's name is wise. Hey, hey. <laughs> when when you have over one hundred of them, hey, that, that's gotta take some well, it's some true. special skills. That's true because I have I have like eleven half siblings and I can I don't know any of their birthdays really unless it falls on a major holiday, like my youngest sister. Her birthday's on Halloween, and that's really the only reason I remember that. <laughs> because it's so spooky. Because she's a spooky kid. <laughs> but so uh, th- this um, this book is actually ordered kind of interestingly because it's a conversation. Oh. So in my Bible, it has little subtitles uh, before certain passages, where the subtitles are either are beloved or the uh, the lover. And then there's also the friends of either the beloved or the lover that Wait also chime in. What are, why are the friends talking about their sex life? I guess you can kind of think of this as like some sort of musical, right? So there's, they're, God, they're the singing to each music. other, yeah. they're singing to each other, and then you have like this chorus, you right. know, peanut gallery that's like commenting right, exactly. and giving advice. The friends are supposed right. to be the chorus. You know, like in uh, the movie, the Disney movie Hercules, where you have like the chorus. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be that. That kind chorus. Of. That chorus upset me. Superhero. <laughs> so, this is not just an erotic poem, it's an erotic musical. Yeah, in which I, you their know, friends wait, chime in. I could see this. I could see this. This being played out as like theater. Yeah, right. And like the way that my church also justified it is that not only was it an erotic poem, but reading this, you kind of get a weird symbolic idea of God's love for Israel at this time. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. What? So it's like supposed to be symbolism for like 
God really loves Israel like and the people want, of Israel. He wanted to give it to Israel? Just like he wanted real, to get it in with Israel? He just wanted to get Israel real wet and just <laughs> oh, give it right no. to him. Oh, no. You know? I think. <laughs> Ooh, baby, a lot can wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, ya. Israel. Uh, no, no, that, that's a good... There are actually, in the Bible, there are lots of analogies where God... There's God and his people. Yeah. And... They're sort of uh, symbolized as a man and his wife, mm-hmm. with the wife being the church or the tribe of Israel and all this. And uh, this comes up a lot. And even in the New Testament, I believe, yeah. right? Uh, I think even Jesus spoke on this, right. either Jesus or Paul, one of them. The way that I understood it is that when you look at the Old Testament... We'll get to that. Yeah, the Old Testament, a lot of it is a lot of symbolism. Okay. And a lot of it symbolizes the way that God loves his people. Maybe it's specifically Israel, or it's maybe one of the prophets, or maybe it's just Christians as general. Yeah. And then the New Testament is the actual physical manifestation of God's love for those people. And God and Jesus in the New Testament uses those as kind of an example. So the Old Testament's like God's fantasies about his, his people in Israel, <laughs> and then the New Testament's like when he's actually giving yeah. it to them. Yeah, the Old Testament's like God writing in his diary, and he's like... <laughs> I love you so much, XOXO Gossip Girl. He's writing their names together <laughs> in hearts. Yeah, he's putting in hearts. And it's maybe like, sometimes he puts Johnny Depp in there too. <laughs> you don't know. It's like he's God, got his place. God plus Israel equals love. God plus Israel equals love, and he writes that in a tree. And then the New Testament <laughs> is like, okay, let's, let's see if we can consummate this. And yeah, so now they're going steady. Yes, like, I love you, girl. <laughs> All right, so how explicit is this erotic poem musical <laughs> it's it's funny okay whatever it is i i do remember as a kid as a teenager you know we would always like go through the bible whenever we see the word ass you know we'd laugh about it you know like ah look it says ass <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're a kid you know you do this shit but um song of solomon's actually it, it it can be kind of it can be kind of explicit i mean they there are certain descriptions of breasts, mm-hmm. comparing them to... Well, please give uh, us an example. Fruits and Clusters of fruit. Wait, wait, uh, wait, hold on. What? Is, what? Well, let's see. Let us look. I don't want anybody comparing my breasts to clusters of fruit. That sounds, sounds like I got an issue. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not fruit. I'm sorry. Um, deer, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's also... Hold on. My breasts look like deer? There's also fruit. Like, he talks about breasts... A lot because Solomon oh, yeah, is yeah. a boob man, I guess. <laughs> That's his thing. Ain't nothing about no he loves titties. Yeah. There there's okay. In uh verse four or chapter four, verse five. Okay. First well I'm I'm skimming right here and I see something about breasts. Okay, so read So this, this is the lover speaking. So in this case Solomon. Your two breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. <laughs> Which like would Does, that be a compliment? Or, no. Well, well, no, I, I would imagine. No. I'd imagine the, the reference to lilies. Maybe is that chest hair? Right. Wait, what? I mean, no. So no. I'm sorry. If you come up to me and you're like, "Hey, girl, I like them titties. They look like two baby deer, baby gazelles, baby, baby gazelles. gazelles. Sorry, baby gazelles. Kind of amongst that chest hair you got going on there." Let me get at you. Well, if we're gonna talk I'm, about antelopes, gazelles, they're very, they're very sleek and graceful. Yeah. They're probably the sexiest. I'm sorry, of I, them. I don't want my Your boobs, boobs look being really just... athletic and slick. <laughs> Chante, what was 
Did you see that movie, Zootopia? <laughs> oh my okay, goodness! Let's drag Zootopia down to this yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. What 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 animal it did Shakira erotic. play in that movie? She was she a gazelle. Was, she was a gazelle. And Thank she you. Was a she was sexy gazelle. She was very sexy in the child's movie Zootopia. The, those hips well, okay. did not lie. It was a child movie. But when we were watching that movie, Alex's eyes, I could tell he felt a little something for that gazelle. He was following that gazelle. I he sure was. But there's also this verse, Sol- Song of Solomon, verse 7. What chapter? Oh, chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. Oh, yes. Yeah. Get, get up on that, Alex. Read up on that real quick. Oh, no. What does it say? <laughs> so it says, your stature is like that of the palm. And your breasts like clusters of fruit. No. I said, I will climb the palm tree. No. I will take hold of its fruit. No. May your breasts be like the clusters of the vine. No. The fragrance of your breath like apples. <laughs> and I'm going to throw in verse 9. And your mouth like the best wine. Sexy. Mm. What? Sexy. Mm. No. Girl, what's up? No. You just call girl, your this Your apples wo- like... <laughs> no. Let me see them apples, girl. You just girl. call this woman... To- boobs a cluster of fruit you make it sound like her boobs are real lumpy and she needs to get go, go okay. get her breast so exam let's, let's done let's look at the fruit that's in clusters okay grapes grapes nobody wants that exactly grapes is just a series of circles i don't want great boobs oh bananas but that's does anybody does anybody want that though <laughs> no okay let me let me just i'm gonna i'm gonna break this verse down for you okay <laughs> oh okay you, here we oh, go now, sorry from what i understand in the Caribbean, right? You have mango trees. Right. And to get the best mango... To get mangoes, period. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do? First of all, why are you talking about the... Why are you bringing the Caribbean into this? I'm just... I'm, just, I'm talking about... Okay, you have, to climb, you have to climb the trees okay. to get mangoes. Yes. Or you can get the ones that fall on the ground, which are probably right. overripe. Uh, maybe getting a little spoiled and rotten, right? Right. The low-hanging fruit, whatever. Oh my you got goodness. low-hanging fruit and the fruit at the top. What this man is saying is that this woman, she's like a really tall tree. And her breasts are high-hanging fruit. Not low-hanging fruit. They're, they're the top. I'm sorry. Huh. You, you make this woman sound like she's some sort of Frankenstein. That she's just towering <laughs> over this man. So like, and he, he needs like a ladder to get to yeah, her. No, and then just in my opinion, if there's a woman that I'm going on a date on and I have to climb her... <laughs> Like, it's probably not worth my effort. I she's, should go home. She's probably an American well, gladiator. He did, You're going to get hurt. He did um, say... I would definitely date an American gladiator <laughs> all day. And then I'd fight her with those big sticks. And then we'd go on a honeymoon and get a nice day. Hey, those some of Q-tips. those girls were fine. They right? were with, fine. With those, those giant Q-tips. <laughs> they had giant Q-tips <laughs> and low-hanging fruits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wait, so like he's saying that her, so essentially her her titties are perky and not saggy on the floor. No, 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 that's too literal. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, Listen, no. fruit, fruit is very important symbolism in the Bible because it's used all the time. It's like abundance. Okay, but use it properly. Don't call a lady's boobs grapes. All right, look, I think maybe maybe you don't understand how much. Of an impact this has on the girl itself. Yeah, listen. Let's... Oh, does she respond? Oh, she does. Oh, right? yeah, she has. It's, it's not a like musical, a conversation, right? Yes, yes. Well, I want to hear what the friends have to say about yeah, all let's this hear too. That. Let's but hear... tell me what the girl says. How is she taking all these terrible compliments? 
Alright, let me see. Because, I mean, I would respond with my fist to somebody's face. Alright, so I just read you, you know, how your breasts are like fruit, tallest tree. He's going to climb and get those, get that fruit, right? Yes. Her, her <laughs> mouth is like the best wine. Mm. She says, May the wine go straight to my lover, flowing gently over lips and teeth. I belong to my lover, and his desire is for me. Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, if the, and if the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. What? Right. So at this point, if this was a thing that was happening to me in my life, I'd be over all the symbolism. I'd just be like, just please tell me what you mean. Yeah, like, tell me about the fruits. And the, what is that? What's the one-to-one correlation well, so that I can figure out what my response should be? Please, I love you, XOXO. The problem here is all these conditions. It's like, look, we're going to go to the villages. <laughs> then we're going to go to the vineyards. Mm. And then if if the things are blossoming and budding, mm. then, all right, we're going to do it right there. And See, the, okay, then, she sounds high-maintenance. Like, she's demanding a lot. Like, she needs to be wine and dine, and the conditions need to be right. And then, you know, she'll give you her pomegranate. Oh, look, look. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading right here. It says, let us go early to the vineyards. And then at the end, right, it says, I will give my love to you. In between all that, I see three ifs. Three of them. That's a lot of conditions. She, yeah, she, that is high I maintenance. Mean, you, yes, you are right. You is it high right. maintenance or does she just have, like, really good standards? And she's just like, all right, I got these three things that I need fulfilled. Some of them have to do with whether or not nature is happening, which is yeah. out of your control. Okay, look, because those are not, like, high standards. Those are just demanding a lot because right. you got to take her to the vineyard. you got to take her to some village. What yeah. if you go to the wrong village? That's true. That's very true. Jante, I just... Jante, yes. can you read us... Can you read Chapter 8, please? Okay. All of Chapter 8 you want? Just... You can stop whenever you, you see fit. All right, let's do this thing. Song of Songs. Chapter 8, starting with verse 1. If only you were to be, if only were you were to me like a brother oh. who was nursed at my mother's breast, oh. then if I found you outside, I would kiss you. Oh. And no one would despise me. What? All right. Verse 2. <laughs> I would lead you and bring you to my mother's house. She who has taught me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would would give you spiced wine to drink, the nectar of my pomegranates. Oh Oh, no! Verse 3 His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. Wait, is this still Solomon? This is still his beloved, I believe. I believe so. Yeah, oh, this is the beloved. Yeah, this, this is, is the beloved. This is, this is, this is okay. actually about, I thought like, this this whole time it was Solomon. No, 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 no. Responding no. To Yeah, so this is like like maybe a, a few <laughs> verses after she's talking about you know going into the vineyards and giving him her love. Okay, all right. Because I was a little confused because I thought Solomon was like, I wish you were my brother so I could make out with you. No, no. And then verse four of <laughs> chapter eight, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you. Oh. Do not arouse or awaken love until it is so desires. What? So, there's a lot going on in that verse. So, oh, yeah, yeah. How are you so, feeling? Um, so she wants to make out with her brother. I mean, you know. I think I think well. 
She wants the freedom yes. that it would afford her if he were as if he were his her brother. Right. That's okay. Well, be, because because I guess culturally, you know, it you're not allowed to be seen with other men before you're married, right? Oh, okay. And, uh, and you probably wouldn't be even if you were in the presence of one. Right. You wouldn't be all upon all upons if. Okay. All right. You weren't that actually together. That makes sense. now. Yeah. That that is understandable. But I still. Why is she still referring to? Given him her pomegranates. What? Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, not yeah, a, yeah. That's not a visual for a she, vagina she, that like I a, want. This is a Circe type thing, or she's just super <laughs> into her brother. Well, it's not even that. Okay, like yeah, maybe she would just really true. want to be, you know, real close to him, as if he were her brother. But I really just want to discuss using this pomegranate as like an analogy for her vagina. The pomegranate. The because pomegranate, yeah. When I open a pomegranate and I look at it and it's just a bunch of red seeds, I don't think, oh, vagina. Well, so that's a weird, that's like a, the pomegranate's a strange symbol. It is. So the pomegranate is often cited as possibly maybe being the forbidden fruit that Adam and Eve partook of in the Garden of Eden. I thought it was mm. an apple. Sometimes it's an apple. A lot of scholars also say it's a pomegranate. Other scholars say it's different things, but pomegranate is also something that's really frequently seen mm. as being. It should be that. forbidden. It's difficult to eat. It is very hard. You to gotta eat. chew on this stuff, and then you spit out the. It's seeds less a fruit and... and more just a bunch of seeds. It's a chore. It's a, it's a task <laughs> it to be is. honest. You gotta set aside a whole day when you're eating pomegranate. Yeah. Like I wake up Put in the morning. If I want to eat a pomegranate, I like circle it in my calendar. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the twenty third. Then I wake up, I'm like, looks like it's pomegranate day. I lock all my doors, I close the blinds, I put on my sweatpants, and I'm like, time to do this. And then I text all my friends and say, sorry, busy today. And then I just eat a pomegranate all day, and then I cry myself to sleep. And they have to be sweatpants, because, you know, they, they got to expand a bit. Now, expand. now I understand why when I invite you places, you're just like, busy today. Busy today. Pomegranate time. You're just eating pomegranate. Every day, all day. <laughs> So I'm reading right now that apparently in uh, in these olden times, the pomegranate had uh, represented fertility. Oh. So, and yeah, like Jonte said, uh, some, some scholars believe that the pomegranate was that forbidden fruit huh. right. in the garden. Okay. Yeah. And that goes along with the idea that some scholars also believe symbolically the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden in the Bible was also just sexual knowledge. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't an actual fruit? Yeah. Oh. Symbolically, that's what some scholars believe. So wait, like the demon or devil or whatever it was that was telling them they should they, they should do it in the, in the garden? Yeah. That's why you don't see any kids he until after like, Satan. Hey. He's like, Hey, put put it put it in her. He's like, hey, he just wanted to see some porn. He's like, he's like, you know what's gonna feel real nice? Put put your stick in her hole. He's like, hey, <laughs> get it in though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Get it in though. <laughs> and then he just recorded. And then he's like, I'm a snake. And then he slipped it away. <laughs> oh goodness. You know that's interesting though. You point that out because. Um, I remember reading that in that book. Um, I lost my train of thought. Playboy? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Playboys. <laughs> this... The serpent, the serpent m- makes mention that um, if you eat of the fruit, then you will be as God, like having mm-hmm. having knowledge, or you'll be on on God's level, which, in this sexuality context, means God's having lots of sex with somebody. Well, he was having lots of sex with Israel at some point, apparently. Well, he fucked him over a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't take my word for it. <laughs> So, okay, so then God's having lots of sex. Who is he getting it in with? You know, hmm, so it's mind I, I don't fucks know. is what it is. Yeah. He's just having mind fucks? Mind fucks. Himself, <laughs> like maybe. Like Chris Angel. Oh, itself. Mind freak. <laughs> mind freak. Who's Jesus' mom? That's what I want to know. I thought it was the, the Mary lady. That was a virgin birth. That was a virgin birth. You yeah. know what? I but he like was she, a begotten son. I feel like she just told stories. <laughs> you know, your book here... Has got some very interesting uh, concepts uh, to help you read through this book. I told you it was a perfect purchase for uh, me. So yeah, like like we we mentioned, like John Taylor was talking about, you know, women uh, can be seen as representing the church, oh. the young man as Jesus. So this is kind of updated to represent uh, a more modern view, you know, right. in the context of the New Testament, yeah. mm-hmm. the post Jesus world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the kisses are referred to as any unusual tokens of God's love. Mm. Perhaps the most interesting, the black skin. Yeah. A person contemptible and deformed. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Hold yeah. on, that's what? There. That's a thing that's in so there. So apparently, yeah, well, so, okay, so this, the verse with the black skin is chapter 1, verse 6. Yeah, let's read that because let's I want to see. Chapter 1, verse 6. Okay, I'm going to start out with chapter 4 because it needs to lead into that. Okay. Okay. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And then her friends say, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. And then the beloved says, how right they are to adore you. Dark am I, yet lovely. O daughters in Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Verse 6, do not stare at me because I am dark, because I am darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. My own vineyard I have neglected. What in the actual fuck? Mm-hmm. That's a great so, question. So, mm. so this, this verse is essentially, <laughs> she's like, so I'm dark, but like you have to love me anyways, or like you love me despite that? Don't hate on me, yeah. It's like, don't hate on this dark skin. Which is, is she proud pretty of it? bad. Is she proud of it, though? She says, I think she's proud in spite of it, it seems like. Because verse 5 starts out, dark am I, yet it, lovely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's disgusting. Which is kind of terrible. See, my book, my, my, my fake Bible with pictures, it made it seem like it was something to celebrate. Black and beautiful. So I was like, oh, okay, awesome. This is great. So this this and, is actually kind of misleading. Yeah, it's the backtracking of modern biblical stocks. I guess, ah. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on how you frame it. So I guess I think these people are trying, uh, whoever came up with this uh, interpretation, you know, where the young woman and man represent the church and Jesus. The black skin represents, uh, I guess, a deformity, uh, a mark of sin, perhaps. Uh, abnormality kind of thing. And... 
this is kind of basically representing that, you know, the church isn't perfect Mm -hmm. and that Jesus will still love you despite all the wrong in your life. Despite you being black? But... I don't like it. You know, that that's that's a good point that you bring up because, yes, you, the way the way your uh, your book frames it in, the, in this in this photo is that yeah, the woman says I'm black and beautiful, and it, this is of course a different version of the Bible that they reference. This is the New International Version. This is the NRSV, which I'm not even sure what that yeah. stands for. New, yeah, New One- Revised Standard Version, perhaps. Um, yeah. One thing you um, should know is that there are multiple different translations and interpretations of the Bible mm-hmm. with different versions of them, and they might have slightly different wording. Okay. And so it might give you, like, a different context or a different right. way to interpret things. Right. I think I'm beginning to understand that, that, you know, there's different types of Bibles and that you might interpret things differently based on which version of the Bible you have. Um, but still... I don't. I don't like it. I don't like what she's saying. Yeah. No. I. I. I I'm sure, it's verses like that that give rise to these ideas that black skin is something that represents like evil and sin. Yeah. Or, or at at the least abnormality of some sort. Yeah. Okay. So, are there any other? Verses that we should read, or that I should. Well, we can keep about. going down this list of oh, symbolism. Right, right, yeah, right. the list. Yeah. Okay, so here it says, "The man lying between the woman's breasts," which we didn't read that hot and heavy verse, did well, we? That was verse uh, chapter one, verse thirteen. It says that that stands for a description of the church's intimate union and hearty affection to Christ. And so the verse actually says, My lover is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. So, <laughs> okay. that's hella sexy. That's so sexy. Put some myrrh, myrrh in your breasts. That's, I mean, that's what I do whenever I'm going out on a hot date. Hot dates. I just put, that's how I got Alex. I had myrrh between my boobs. It was myrrh, myrrh left and right. left and right. An Alex story. <laughs> An Alex memoir. You know, I, I think I, I kind of have some issue with that uh, interpretation of a symbol because... The man is laying in the breast of the woman. That would be like Jesus resting in the church's bosom. I think, shouldn't it be the other way around? If they're trying to go by the symbolism, then it probably should. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. That just seems a little backwards to me. So, here I have another one on this list. It says, a little sister too young to have breasts. Chapter oh, 8, verse 8. Oh, yeah, that's oh. At, at the end, yeah, the friends are talking about this. I don't know why. So the meaning, it says, is big sister is the early church dominated by Jews. Little sister is the later church dominated by non-Jews called Gentiles. Oh, no, this is some bullshit. This is, that's some super weird. This is this was written way before Jesus was even born, I imagine. Yeah. But like, that's what, like, no. So, like, especially in my denomination of the church... The entire Bible was written in a way that it predicts and complements the coming of Jesus and all this kind of stuff. Because it was God-inspired. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. But what's the actual literal interpretation for the Song of Solomon? 
this verse, chapter 8, verse 8. We have a young sister, and her breasts are not yet grown. What shall we do for our sister for the day she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build towers of silver on her. If she is a door, we will enclose her with the panels of cedar. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Well, Wait, hold on, hold on. If she's a, if she's a what? A wall or a door? If she's Those a wall. Those are the same shape. Essentially, <laughs> it's like, um, like what do they say? She's flat and flat. Well, if she's a wall, <laughs> maybe you can't get through her. Maybe she's a door. You just open that shit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe this is in reference to her percept. Her uh, how would I say? Yeah, her perceptiveness to a man. You know, or okay. If she's a wall, she's she's got her wall up. She's not letting anybody she's in. Not any, going she's for not. It. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna dress her up in silver, make her seem like she has lots of money. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that's the way she'll attract a man. Okay. Now if she's got a door, she's letting anybody in. Oh, so they're calling her easy. So what I, do they say? I what if she's a door? What if she's a door? If she doesn't they even said, have breasts yet, if she's they a door, we will enclose her with panels of cedar. Mm, there you go. They gotta lock her up. They gotta oh, they gotta damn. they gotta board that door. Yeah. So I guess. Women just can't fucking win. You can't. It's either, either you're way. like too easy, or you're too serious, and no man's gonna look at you unless you're drenched in silver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which I don't, I don't know. know why that would attract anybody really. But in the next verse, the beloved's like, "I am a wall. Oh, what? and my breasts are like towers. What? Damn. Yes. Thus, I have become in his eyes like one bringing contentment. Okay, I I just now one hundred percent believe that she was a giant she might have been a giant <laughs> that's, that's that's she what would have been meant. a goliath sister she, she was the colossal <laughs> titan yeah she was she was a titan that's what this whole poem is about it's about him falling in love with a titan and wanting to get all a bond but he needs you know some climbing materials to get up there isn't that a fetish yeah that is a oh, fetish a like some guys fetish. are just like really into like giant women like I'm okay, so I'm really t- I'm really tall, I guess for for a woman. I'm like five ten. I would say so. That's pretty tall. For um, women. but like short guys will come up to me like and be like, "Hey, I love how long your legs are." That's weird. Yeah, like they're just completely fetishizing how tall I am, and, and that's, that's what attracts them is that they're like short and I'm super tall and towering over them, and they just think that's amazing. That's when you read Song of Solomon. Oh, I guess so. I'll say I love that you're tall, but what I mean. I'm talking about, I, I think there's, like, artwork out there of, like, a small man and a literal giant. Yes. Where they're, like, yes, there entering is. people. There is. You know, there I think is. that's what I mean. There yeah. is. But, like, let's look at the beloved and how she describes this dude. So mm-hmm. we can know how super hot he is. Yeah, Yeah, please. we've been yeah. hearing a lot about this girl. I yeah. want to hear how hot this so, dude was. Chapter 5, verse 10 of Song of Songs. I wonder if I want to give him my pomegranates. Yeah. Open your so doors. So this is, this is verse 10 <laughs> through 16, because some doors are about to be open. You feel me? <laughs> Can't no cedar stop this. No. He's like, my lover is radiant and ruddy, huh? outstanding among 10,000. Mm. His, his head is purest gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, which is disgusting. <laughs> Mounted like jewels. What? His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies, dripping with myrrh. His arms are rods of gold, set with chrysolite. His body is like polished ivory, decorated with sapphire. What? His legs are pillars of marble, set on bases of pure gold. 
His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. What? His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely. This is my lover. This my friend. O daughters of Jerusalem. Um, this man sounds real rough. This man is made out this of man. a variety of nature's <laughs> finest objects. I think she She's created an ecosystem. This, she created this man and wrote this poem for herself. This man isn't real. So this woman wants to have sex with inanimate objects. <laughs> is what I'm trying. Is what I'm seeing. Covered in sapphires. That, been, that sounds painful. You know what? You bring up a good point because he uses animals and plants to describe her. Right. So it's a it's a, it's a combination of, of flora fauna and inanimate objects. Oh my god. That's a weird thing. Oh my god. Oh no, what? I just thought of something. Uh oh. Uh oh. It might be a little blasphemous. Uh oh. Oh boy. Because we haven't done any of that today. No, no. (laughs) The beloved thinks of inanimate objects as she perceives, you know, the lover who represents God, which is basically an inanimate non organism object. It's it's an abstract thing. The lover, which is God, thinks of things like actual creatures and plants, living things, mm-hmm. which the people are. And God created all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... That's well, the thing, the Let's thing dumb is... it down for me, because what did you just say? <laughs> so, if we're thinking of Song of Solomon, yes. like a lot of scholars believe it to be, yes. as a symbolism between God's love for his people, for oh, the church. Okay. The lover is God. Is God, and he's thinking of his beloved as a fauna, sexy as, gazelles, as yeah, sexy it, 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 flora and fauna and gazelles. creatures, living things, yes, living things. And the beloved is thinking of the lover as a bunch of weird inanimate, no, yeah, objects. non-living things. Yeah. Look to me, the the woman's just a gazelle with a pomegranate vagina. Really high in the tree. She's really tall. So there's just so many seeds. She's a giant gazelle. Right. There's just a lot of seeds. <laughs> She's got grape titties. Grape tits. Grape tits. She, well, I mean, the she new did, film starring Paul. <laughs> she did describe herself as a wall with giant towers, right? She did say that she was a wall with huge boob towers. You know what? This actually kind of lends some uh, credibility to, to whether or not this is actually two actual people talking. Because she refers to even as herself as inanimate objects. <laughs> Possibly. So I was that. really expecting a much sexier poem, I guess. Or like just something a little bit more romantic. Because this was weird as fuck. Yeah. I think this is sexy for the Bible. Yeah, yeah. This it, is as sexy as the Bible gets. Okay, okay. Can, just, just for science sake. What were you expect? Like, if if what did what kind of verses did you imagine well, reading? I mean, I I like I said before, I've never read the Bible or touched the right, Bible, right. so I really so, don't know what to expect. But like, when you say erotic poem, like I was thinking, you know, something was gonna get real hot and heavy, and I, it's like those books with Fabio on the cover, you know, that women <laughs> read to get off. Oh. Bestsellers? Yeah, where it's just like his hot throbbing sex came closer to her <laughs> glistening mound. Wow. So it I guess seems I was... like you know a lot about these. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hmm. You don't okay, okay. I'm not gonna lie. Have as you a, been as a teenager I did have several of these books. Yes. And just as a note for me, 
I would rather not female genitalia be referred to as a mound. <laughs> Glistening, Glistening mound. Or Glistening otherwise. Mound. Yes. Well, I, That's how they would refer to things in those books. It'd be like throbbing sex, glistening mound. And as like a 14 year old, I was just like, oh my God, this is so hot. Quality literature. Quality. <laughs> I love mounds. Okay, you, you guys, bar. you guys were looking at, you know, naked pictures of ladies. I was reading quality literature about throbbing sexes and glistening mounds. So by that logic, so you should I only would, be attracted to better. Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I'm not? <laughs> so, okay. They discuss sexual desire in the Bible. This is something I now know. Mm-hmm. That it's not essentially, it's not really frowned upon to have sexual desires, but it should only be with the person that you're married to, according to the Bible, <sighs> or engaged with. You know, I, I'm i not sure if that's something you could even say, just given some of the stories in the uh, in the Old Testament. Oh. Um, are they anti-sex? No, no, no. They're no, not no, anti-sex, no. but, you know, there are definitely lots of people, a lot of figures who uh, went after women that weren't their wives. Right. I think in the, you know, and sometimes... And that was okay? Yeah, and it was okay. And, you know, you can go ahead and marry them after the fact or whatever. But... Yeah. One thing you'll learn about, like, the hard and fast rules that you know about Christianity just based on what you've been exposed to... Yeah. ...are kind of gray areas when you actually read the Bible. Apparently so. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff we... When you talk about Christianity and their beliefs, a lot of the stuff comes from things in the New Testament... Things that uh, were either mentioned by Jesus, because yeah. I think he did touch on some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and then expanded upon by uh, Paul later on, which is, you know, a, a topic for another day, I believe. Right, because I don't know who Paul is, but you keep mentioning this man, and it right. sounds like he's second Jesus. It's uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> That's not who it is. Savior of, of <laughs> Savior merchandise. Of he wrote mall. a lot of the New Testament. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question for you two. Mm-hmm. Given that you grew up, you know, religious, being part of a religion, and honestly believing in the Bible and what it was saying, um, how did you handle your like sexual desires and just sexuality in general as you were growing up as a teenager and as a teenage male, essentially, like I'm pretty sure your sexual desires were pretty strong and you had feelings, you were feeling some kind of way about the opposite <laughs> sex. So how, like explain that to me, like how did you, how did you deal with that being a religious person? Because I didn't grow up religious, so my sexual feelings, I never really felt guilt over or I didn't, I never felt it was wrong because my dad was always very, very open about sexuality. So I guess I just want to hear about it from your point of views. Alex. Oh, well, that's, that's a, it's a loaded question. Oh, no. <laughs> well, where to start? I mean, I think the best I can speak to about that would be, uh, I guess, with the first girlfriend I had, who was also very religious, mm-hmm. and um, 
how basically it was kind of understood between the both of us that we would never actually be sexual with each other unless we were married. That was like just a, a thing that we knew. Like uh-huh. that was our belief system that, you know, it's not something you do unless it's someone that you're married to. Right. Um, I think as the relationship progressed, uh, I kind of realized, <laughs> well, me personally, that, you know what, this might be a long time because I don't like, let's say I do really like this person, right? And I could see myself marrying them. Like, I'm not going to marry someone just, just to, you know, get it in, you know, I, I, you want to be ready to do all that shit. Right. So that could take years. Right. And knowing that, like, Cause like I just this, felt... What if the sex sucks? Yeah, well, yeah it's like, just well, first, it up, before all that, it's like, what if what if you, you don't see yourself, you know, being in a position to, like, get a house and everything and actually get married and be comfortable financially and all that shit? Because I guess this is something I thought about. Okay. Until you're, like, well, late into your, you know, late 20s or something. Mm-hmm. Are you really just going to wait with this person while you're together knowing that you, like, like somebody? That yeah. it just sounds weird, like to just deny yourself that for years. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds weird to me. Yeah. 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 No, it, it began to be weird to me as well. Okay. So, I think ultimately I, I I rationalized it away, as I think it would make more sense not to wait till marriage, especially with just the way the culture is now and just you know how people come of age. I guess in in today's with today's generations. More just to be with somebody that you truly care about, and you know, it would be acceptable to be with someone that way. I think okay. that that was my rationalization. Okay, so like once you stopped believing, did your ideas on sex change? And was it like a switch? Was it like okay, I don't believe in the Lord anymore? Where the ladies at? I'm gonna get it in with everybody. Um, I guess any sort of, uh, how would I say, restriction based on religion, yeah, that had gone away. But then again, there was still that personal restriction I had with where I can't see myself just sleeping with anybody. It would definitely be have to be someone that I cared about. That, that remained the same. So that rationalization just sort of um, stayed with me. And just became my, I guess, personal philosophy because I couldn't, I didn't think it was acceptable for me to just be kind of like a man whore. Now, now, I guess there's the the complete other question about whether I even had the capacity to be a man whore. Okay, to like, all right, this that, isn't this isn't that, about that, that. that. That's something else. No, but I mean, when you talk about someone's sexuality, I think that also has. Um, that also factors in, you know, I guess, like, yeah. I mean, w- growing up, like, sure, you know, I'd be attracted to women and all, but just the, the, the fact the, like the question of like, whether or not I'm going to have sex with them, yeah. that didn't even come up because hmm. I just wasn't in relationships, period. So right, right. that just wasn't an issue. So you were just like, when can I hold her hand? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh. That, I was like, "Whoa, that that was a, that would that would have been a huge deal for me." John Taylor, what about you? Um, so I was raised very strictly Pentecostal evangelical Christian. Okay, and so any form of expressed sexuality was frowned upon 
in a way. And so, because I, like, for a while I was very much invested in that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I very much wanted to, like, impress people in my church and Mm -hmm. to impress God at that point. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck. I can't, like, I can't express any sort of sexuality. I have to make sure that I suppress these feelings as hard as possible. And there were various sermons that I went to that was like, all right, if you're having these sexual feelings and desires, come up and we'll pray for you and then we'll teach you ways to cope with that kind of thing. So, like, you had to let everybody know that you were feeling sexy? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> they would have a curtain, they would have a call oh of goodness. people in the church that would come up and be like, if you're struggling with watching pornography or if oh you're masturbating God. or all these things. Oh, so come. you weren't even allowed to masturbate. Yeah, masturbation was not okay. Oh, See, goodness. yeah, no one ever mentioned that to me. Like, Although, to be fair, I did feel lots of guilt. Mm hmm. For doing that but no one ever told me it was a bad thing right did yeah. you like hide under the blanket thinking like the lord wouldn't see you as you were whacking off whacking no. off <laughs> that makes it sound so violent i know well, i don't know that's how i imagine you're, you're, you're going it back you to guys. that 90s terminology there. Whack it off. <laughs> now let me watch this new choking 90s the you know, chicken look, look, oh, i think I, I i understand that might make sense to you as a non-believer but Damn. God is omniscient. He, he you can't <laughs> hide from it. God. That's true. Yeah, I'm he's sorry. Gonna be like, I'm so sorry you did this. He's gonna cry a little. It's tear. like I can see you through that blanket. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So for me, for the most part, like me going away from my Christianity was a very, uh, I guess, like over time it happened. It was very gradual. Uh-huh. And so the entire time that I believed this stuff and like was very invested in it, I saw sexuality as me actively battling against it and actively trying to suppress it because I knew that it was a battle that I had to fight in order to please God. Okay. And so I saw sexuality as an antagonist. And so for most of my life, I was like, I have all these feelings. I need to actively suppress them by either praying or doing these other things Mm -hmm. so that I don't give in. And like gradually, like as I stopped believing, I stopped with that kind of stuff. Right. But, like, it took a long time, and even when I stopped believing in Christianity, I was still very guilty about doing any sort of sexual acts. Okay. And so, like, me and sexuality were always, like, in a weird conflict for the most part, just because of my beliefs and the way Mm -hmm. that I confronted it and things like that. Because that's how you grew up, right? Like, that Mm -hmm. was your mindset for so long, and just because you let go of your belief of, you know, God doesn't necessarily mean like you let go of your feelings towards sex i would, right, I would exactly. assume like it'd be difficult to right because it's so from, ingrained yeah to go from like oh my god sex is a bad thing to let me put it in everybody's pomegranate right, right. and even then like even if i had gotten to that point yeah or even when i got to that point where i was like okay sexuality is okay i still had pangs of guilt yeah and at the same time i didn't have the like social skills or abilities to be able to like go pursue these sexual desires anyway okay so it's just like what do i do with these feelings now yeah oh you know i i do want to say that once i like made that break from religion i <laughs> too broke free no yeah and and sort of like broke free of that sort of philosophy that you know you have to wait until marriage and all that yeah uh i feel kind of angry because I, you know, I, I think about it now, and maybe I don't really understand it fully, but I felt angry because I spent all these years sort of thinking that wasn't even an option. Mm-hmm. 
And I get that. You know, there were you know obviously everyone else around you is fucking even in, even at church. I mean. Ooh, people, really? Yeah, people, dude, people, so many hand jobs. Oh, oh my God! Really? <laughs> yeah, at church camp, all the hand jobs you can have. Oh, uh, you people yeah. are no. Job no, I, I remember. You guys just get nasty in front of the Lord. I remember people, people in the Lord's home at that private school I was at. Even <laughs> my house. At the pri- <laughs> at the private school I was at, even there were definitely people you know fucking each other there. Oh. So you know, it's not like it's not like a. Just because someone says they're a Christian that they're following the, the values and, and ideals. Right. But but I did I did, and I guess when I broke free of that, yeah, like I said, I was I was angry. I felt I wasted a lot of my time, and you feel like you missed out on opportunities. I did because at the same time I don't know, it, it it's hard to say that maybe this is just who I am, or maybe it was something that was shaped by my belief system yeah. when I was younger. But, yeah. you know, I I always felt like it would be disrespectful to just kind of like be sexually aggressive with a woman, you know, or, or just pursue someone very aggressively in that manner. You well, know? it is disrespectful. It, no, it is. Well, but, you know, some... There is there is a whole like oh women like a a, a confident guy or a cocky guy and all yeah, that yeah you can yeah. be confident and not be sexually aggressive yeah. I think the real damage is when you feel as if there is no choice as you feel like any sort of sexual activity or desire or anything like that you can't have you don't get to make that decision yeah because there are people that who who are Christians mm-hmm. and who have made the decision to be abstinent or to not have sex mm-hmm. and they're fine because they able, were able to be involved in that choice they were able to take that on themselves and be like okay this is a thing that I don't want to do right and that's cool and that's fine you know and that's the lifestyle that they want to live and they're living it well but for at least I'm going to make an assumption for you Alex and for me we grew up in that, and it was just imposed on us. Right. And so it was like, we don't have the choice. And then when we look back after we've changed our beliefs and things, we're like, we're, oh, shit, I missed all this, like, all of this stuff I didn't have to do. I didn't have to be this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beforehand. Okay. I guess I see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say I fully understand it because, I mean, I didn't grow up in your mindsets. You know, like, mm-hmm. with me and my my dad and my stepmother being from Haiti, hate like Haitian culture is very sexually free and sexually mm. liberated. Yeah. Um, and so it was never something that I was taught to be ashamed of or to hide. Right. It was just, yeah, you have sexual desires and sex is a thing that occurs and you, it feels nice and it's good. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. Right. Um. So, yeah, like, so I grew up pretty sexually liberated, I'd have to say, despite my stepmother being a Catholic, televangelist, confused person. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I still, like, even she was still sort of, like, she was definitely, like, more subdued than my father. Right. But she was still make sexual jokes and like say things that probably were not appropriate to say in front of the televangelist television right but um so yeah i i like to me it's interesting to hear about the way you grew up just thinking that sex was like a bad thing and even just like touching yourself was a bad thing because i just never ever had that mindset yeah and that's why the book like that's why song of songs or song of solomon's was such 
a weird revelation for me as a Christian kid. I was like, yeah. oh, what in the world? There's a whole erotic... There's, he, this guy's talking about breasts the whole time. <laughs> like, it was like, really into breasts. It was like, your sexy literature. Yeah, when it was my sexy literature. There I was, was no re- Fabio, but I was like, oh, that's there okay. There was no glistening mounds. Oh, no. You had, there were no mounds. You had glistening pomegranates. I guess. <laughs> plenty of seeds. Dancing gazelles. <laughs> there were all kinds of gazelles. You guys had the sexiest things. I had such sexy things with King Solomon. <laughs> The wisest and richest man. I gotta say, <laughs> if, if this was what we were going by, to be romantic and yeah. smooth and shit, we were like, not well equipped. <laughs> oh no, hell no! Oh, everything makes sense now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dang. I'm just kidding. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just told all of America <laughs> your secrets. You didn't, you didn't like being told you were like. Two fawns? Yeah, that wasn't a thing that I thought was good and, when and you said that on yeah. our first date. It's like, did you mean that? <laughs> when, you kept, when you kept bringing me pomegranates, I was a little confused <laughs> on Valentine's like, Day. Well, I no. guess I gotta <laughs> knock out a whole day to eat this pomegranate. That frankincense and myrrh, you know, you weren't... Yeah, you kept... You I didn't got put me you that. in the mood? It really didn't. Because it, it, <laughs> yes. it really was not. Those were just scents. It was just scents. <laughs> You can, you can burn and smell good, I guess. It's just incense. That's all. <laughs> all right, so any last words or thoughts about Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, the sexiest thing in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> Only thing I'll say is that I'm all boned up for it. <laughs> I think I'm so fully erect because of Song of Solomon. <laughs> you need to put that away, yeah. Dante. Never, never put it away. <laughs> I just, I want to watch Zootopia one more time. You are nasty. You are nasty. I am taking this Mm. chapter away from you. You're no longer allowed to read this. Girl, put on that Zootopia, though, girl. What's up? Let me see them. Let me see them mounds. I never want to hear the word mounds ever again. You're disgusting. Oh, and I married you. Listening or not. So, like, I, I feel like I learned a lot. Um, because I That's was good. honestly, <laughs> did at least that. I, I mean, honestly, I was surprised that there was an erotic poem in the Bible and it led to a really interesting discussion about just, just your handling your sexuality when you grow up religious and just the way you dealt with it and how you viewed sexuality. So, um, it was pretty informative, although that poem is not sexy. Um, speak for yourself. Although apparently it puts Alex yeah. in the mood for Zootopia, so I think we're going to have to end this episode so he can watch Zootopia because he's getting a little antsy. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> shouldn't be here for that. I don't know. You got the boner. Oh, yeah. You're ready. You, you can watch with me, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're ready. I'll, yeah, I'll give you a pillow to put yeah. over your crotch. No, did I'm you sure guys... everybody goes see it. Wait, wait. Did you guys ever go to like parties? Well, no, probably not. <laughs> but <Dang>. like... <laughs> wow. Oh, she didn't even say what kind. She, she just said right at us. <laughs> How are we supposed to react to that? <laughs> no, um, now the like, boner's gone. It was um, like weird circle jerks where like you would go to a party and like people would put on porn and like everybody would get like all the guys would get pillows to put over their laps because they'd be okay. jerking off. Okay, so at this pillows. point now it should reverse from you making fun of us to you me making fun of you. Because you went to a party where people were just watching porn and wearing pillows over their You crotches. went to a circle jerk party? You went to a circle Wait, jerk party. is this a this real thing? embarrassing for you. So, yes, this is a real story and a real thing that happens. And um, 
I'm just going to end the podcast now. Oh, no. <laughs> because that's a story for another episode. I think this, this is the episode for that story. You went to a circle drug party. Look, you guys are jealous. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so join us next episode, and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye.